Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're going to take a short trip through the history books. We're not going back to Roman times or ancient Greece, although there are numerous powerful lessons in history that we could easily apply to today's environment. No, on today's show, we're going back to the fall of 2019, and then we're going to go back to the fall of the year 1999. 2019 seems like a distant memory. The economy seemed to be humming along nicely. Unemployment was at a historic low. Stock market valuations were considered irrationally high back in 2019. We were clearly in the fourth quarter of one of the longest, albeit slowest, economic expansions on record. Extrapolating continued expansion seemed foolhardy at best, but you couldn't really point to anything that would take down the economy. Little did we know we were only months away from a pandemic. But today's wounded economy is totally different, only partially recovered, possibly facing a double dip, probably facing a slowdown, and certainly facing a high degree of uncertainty. But the market today is much higher than it was in the fall of 2019, when the economy looked fine. Today, the price-to-earnings multiples in the market is in the top few percent of the historic range, and the economy is in the worst few percent. So let's go back to 1999. My company, Tundra Semiconductor, had just gone public on February the 8th of 1999 on the Toronto Stock Exchange. The shares were placed at $9.25. The shares were in such demand that they opened well above the opening price at $13.10, and they closed the first day of trading at $13.24. We were ecstatic. We were all part of that dot-com euphoria. We didn't know it. We were too wrapped up in counting our rising net worth on a daily basis. At one point, my stock options were worth millions. And by March of 2000, the stock hit an all-time high of $78. We were on top of the world. We were extrapolating to when our stock might be worth two or three or $400 a share. We were absolutely delusional. It was a very powerful and humbling lesson in greed and the dangers of the echo chamber of groupthink. Everyone in the tech industry was rationalizing the valuations. The idea that people would skip the pet food aisle at the grocery store and instead order their pet food from a separate specialty retailer online was nuts. And yet, those companies still managed to attract stock valuations in the billions. When the bubble burst, most of that paper wealth completely evaporated. I know some people who exercised their stock options, triggering a tax obligation, and then they didn't sell the stock. So they were left with the stock that was worth far less than what they had exercised at, and the remaining value wasn't even enough to pay the tax obligation. Some people had to mortgage their house to pay the tax bill on money they never got to put in their bank account. That's how confident people were in the valuation of these companies. I think about an interview with Scott McNeely, the former CEO of Sun Microsystems. He famously said, What were you thinking? And that was a rhetorical question asked of investors who at that time were paying a ridiculous 10 times revenue for his stock at the height of the dot-com mania. But he said this after his stock had lost 90% of its value. Indeed, what were investors thinking 20 years ago, not only paying 10 times earnings for Sun Microsystems, but also paying the ridiculous multiple for 44 other stocks in the S&P 500? It's impossible to know for sure, but it's a good bet they were simply counting on the greater fool theory an idea that someone will come along and pay an even more ridiculous price than they did. At some point, the market ran out of fools and the NASDAQ fell 83%. Now, if you bought Sun Microsystems back in 1994, you would have seen a hundredfold increase in value by the time you hit the peak of $253. So here we are today, early in 2021, and Tesla stock is trading at 1,600 times trailing 12-month earnings. 
it's got an enterprise value of $802 billion. The stock is trading at 28 times revenue. Sun Microsystems was a relative bargain at only 10 times revenue. When the world finally woke up and said, this is nuts, the stock came back to earth. And by 2008, the stock had lost 98% of its value compared with the year 2000. $1.3 trillion worth of paper value was wiped out in the dot-com bubble burst. The resulting economic recession was partly caused by the difficulty that many companies faced in raising capital that they needed to expand their businesses. It forced contraction in thousands of businesses, which resulted in economic contraction. The world then faced the terrorist attacks in 2001 and a number of accounting scandals involving major companies. All of these contributed to the shrinking of the economy. So here we are. We're in a major bubble. That's as plain as day. The bubble will burst. The question is when. If you were an options trader, you'd be asking when you should buy those options to make a ton of money on the way down. And while you may profit from the transaction, trillions of dollars in real people's wealth will be destroyed in the process. People who have their retirement nest egg in the stock market are unaware of the risks, and they're the ones who will suffer the most. But even we as real estate investors will not be completely insulated from that meltdown when it happens. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.